the Extramar Podcast Galloway Edition. Podcast Galloway Edition is a podcast for runners of all abilities who want to learn everything they can about the Galloway Run Walk Run training method right from Jeff himself. This podcast will run walk run you right through Jeff's 20 week half marathon training schedule and gently get you to the finish line of your half marathon injury free. Episode 3 of the Galloway Extra Mile Podcast Half Marathon Edition. This is your host, Kevin, and I'm the lucky guy that gets to speak with Jeff Galloway, Chris Twiggs, and our three little guinea pigs, and special guests from time to time, about every two to three weeks, and talk about something that I think we all have in common, and that's a passion for this sport of running, specifically, and then maybe generally around Run, Walk, Run. And you are the lucky listeners who will hopefully glean something from those discussions and get a nifty medal around your neck. I just finished my long run for the week just now, and... uh, Kind of cooling down, thought I'd have a chat with you. Got out very early this morning for an eight-miler at a 2-1 ratio. Ended up at uh, 8.13 or something like that. Kept a 2-1 ratio the whole time. Um, got out really early, and I'm just finishing up before, before the sun comes up. It's rather warm and humid this morning. We had a storm come through last night, and... As tend to happen, the storms come through and then what's left behind is a rather sticky, humid day. So, But I'm not complaining. Get home before the sun comes up and uh, it's all good. So let's go back to episode two for a minute because you all had some homework, huh? If you will recall, Mr. Galloway asked that you find a track or another flat measured surface so that... By the time we got to episode three, and by the way we're here, you would be able to run your first magic mile. So, in today's episode, we will catch up with Jeff, find out where he's been since we last spoke, where he's headed to between now and the next time we speak, and in addition, we will get into some 
nitty-gritty details about this Magic Mile deal. Um, I thought it would be interesting to pick Jeff's brain, not just about the Magic Mile, but where it came from, how he came up with it, uh, why it works, and then we'll get into how to do it, and maybe more importantly, what to do with the data once you are finished with it. So in this episode, we will cover weeks four, five, and six of the Galloway Run, Walk, Run, Half Marathon Training Program that is found in the Galloway Training Program's book. We are following the To Finish program, and within that time frame, we will not just have our first magic mile, we'll actually have our first two magic miles. So as you would guess, we'll not just ask Jeff about the magic mile, but we'll also ask him about those first two and how to analyze the data from those two and adjust your running based on those two magic miles. Sandwiched in between those two magic miles is a long run, six and a half mile long run that is on the calendar. So anyway, we'll chat with Jeff about all that good stuff. We will also catch up with our little Galloway guinea pigs. We'll have a conversation with Sheila, Nate, Suzanne, and also Chris Twiggs. See what they've been up to since the last time we spoke, how their training's going, or how it's not going, and then we'll get Mr. Twiggs' perspective about each one of them and what he's got in store for them coming up. And lastly, for those of you who have been with me for a while, you will realize that I have an affection for the entrepreneurial spirit. And I've discussed it in the past. In fact, I've discussed it so often that I can now pronounce that word almost perfectly. And with respect to that, I thought it would be fun to track down the brains behind one of our great sponsors, the Squoosh Band. So we've tracked down John Fourier, and we will discuss with him how he came up with the idea, what it's taken him to bring it to market, and what he's got in store for that product. And just in case you're new to the show and not familiar with that product, we have been, because of John's kind generosity, we have been giving those squoosh bands away quite frequently over our Facebook page. So if you have not liked us over there at the Facebook page, you are missing out on a chance to win a squoosh band. And I've still got some more of those to give away in getting an itchy trigger figure to do that very shortly. Also gave away some um, uh, Galloway timers last week to some lucky listeners, and uh, no, I think we've got a couple more of those to give away as well. So anyway, let's get to all of that now, and you and I can chat again at the end. Y'all enjoy your extra mile. an idea let's call jeff galloway and let's shoot over to the extra mile podcast galloway edition hotline where we've got mr jeff galloway again this morning hi jeff how are things hey kevin we're uh, rolling right along here caught you in uh, atlanta again huh 
Sure did. We just got back from Tahoe and uh, still glowing from that wonderful week out there. I um, I have seen some pictures on Facebook from uh, from that trip, and every time I see a picture on that, it's like I want to pick up the phone and call my travel agent and say, book it for next year, or, or, or call call your travel agent, I should say, but it looks so <laughs> gorgeous out there. It's just amazing. It, it is like running in a postcard, and I have to pinch myself constantly, so I get a lot of pinches while I'm out there. Yeah, yeah. But and I have to keep is, reminding myself, that's work for you, right? Quote, unquote, well, you're at work. Yeah. Not really. It, you know, the friendships, uh, half the folks who come there have been there before they're friends. And we share, uh, catch up on the past year, and we share our philosophical um, uh, thoughts over that period and the things that we love to share and uh, family, uh, the other enduring friendships that you have. But... Um, the fact is that people are happy there. I mean, it, it's just beautiful scenery, beautiful runs, beautiful hikes, uh, great people, fun people, honest people, and you just you can't help but be happy. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. So um, besides Tahoe, where else in the world have you been since the last time we spoke? I think the last time was right before the, the 4th of July. I know you had a big day that day. We had a big weekend, uh, or I should say a big lead-up to July 4th, because it wasn't even the weekend this year, but uh, Expo for two days, just tons of people coming by from past years, from past areas, and all types of uh, neat connections. Then um, we uh, had a couple of days in Atlanta and off to Missoula for a fabulous weekend there, and if you haven't been to Missoula. It's a friendly town, a very fitness-friendly town, uh, just lots of activities. We had a great hike up to what is called the M. It's a big M, letter M, on, on the uh, hillside up above the University of Montana. Beautiful hike, gives you a great vista of the whole scenery in the area, and sets off the weekend so that you uh, then continue with series of things for the Missoula Marathon and had a great marathon. We, uh, Even though it's obviously July where it does get warm out there, the tendency is not to get warm until the afternoon. And in our case, that is what happened. We had cool temperatures until about, oh gosh, um, and uh, maybe the last half hour or so of our race. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fabulous scenery and just a great place to be. Nice, and then you you headed to Tahoe. We spoke about that a little bit. Tahoe was a long retreat, wasn't it? Was it a whole week? Was it? Well, it's a, it's a it's the only week long one that we do. But this year we did something different. We had a weekend group that came in um, for the weekend portion, which was in the early portion. So we had a larger group than normal, but Everything seemed to work quite well because of Susan Kolbinski, who is my coordinator of that event and just does a fantastic job, just a really neat uh, series of activities where everybody is relating and uh, learning about running, excited about the new things that they're learning. It's just really uh, good stuff. 
Amazing. I've seen some of um, Susan's Facebook postings as well, Jeff. And I got to tell you, you could probably ask her if she wants to, instead of being an employee for that trip, just volunteer for it, and she'd jump on that chance as well. Well, it's it's she a fabulous to place to be, and especially during the uh, summertime. I like to say that we've not had a rainy day all day for about 20 years now. Um, we have had a few rain squalls that have come through, but they last for about 10 to 15 minutes, and then the sun comes out, and that's exactly what happened this year. Uh, we were, <clears throat> we came in, and the clouds were uh, mounting, and during our first run, for about 10, 15 minutes, we had a little uh, light shower, and then the rest of the week, it was sunny, beautiful, uh, highs 75, uh, 10% humidity. I've not seen any place in the summertime that has better weather conditions than Tahoe. So that's a little bit about where you've been. Did we did we miss anything? I want to jump to where you're where you're heading out to shortly, which is I know you're going to leave the lower 48 here pretty soon. Yes, actually, uh, we've got a a little weekend retreat this weekend down at Blue Mountain Beach, so we're looking forward to getting away uh, for that. Uh, I will mention that the only setback that we had at Tahoe is my wife Barbara suffered a fracture. She stepped on a rock the wrong way, rolled her foot, just it happened to be a freakish thing, rolled her foot off right on the fifth metatarsal, which uh, broke. We just went to see the doctor, and she's going to have to be... uh, in a boot uh, for about five, six weeks. And uh, one of those things, you know, I'm not going to have my my marathon companion for the next two marathons anyway. But, um, you know, those things happen. She's never had a, uh, any type of a bone uh, situation in her life. And uh, so, you know, these things happen. Happened to me last year, happened to her this year. Not not running related per se. It was a, a trauma uh, incident. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll deal with that. And uh, then next week, in a week, we head off for Alaska for the Alaska Wildlife Marathon, a fabulous event. It's not that crowded, so you can really uh, run freely. We have actually seen wildlife, uh, including eagles and um, a moose, a baby moose, um, and others have seen all types of other uh, wildlife there. But the people are friendly. You can walk from your hotel to the start and back from the finish. And um, the temperatures um, have been, the last three years, uh, in the high 50s at the start and the high 50s at the finish or maybe sneaking into the low 60s. But it's just ideal running, fantastic place. That sounds like one that I'd have to take my camera along on, on the marathon. I've never done that before, but I think if I ran that one, I'd make sure I had a camera with me. Yes, and not only that, but take your camera because there's so many jump-off places you can go. Once you're in Anchorage, you can see Denali Park and uh, Seward and the glaciers and you name it. I mean, there's so many amazing places right near. And um, I know at the end of the month, you're heading... Heading to Disneyland as well. Yes, can't wait. That um, is the 
next in the Run Disney series, which uh, obviously so popular. And they have the Dumbo Double Dare this time, where you run a 10K on uh, Saturday and then the half marathon on Sunday. And I'm definitely planning to do that this year. I've never done uh, the Goofy. So I'm going to ease into Goofy-type behavior by doing, <laughs> being a Dumbo. <laughs> so what, what's your strategy? I know with the, with the Goofy, you recommend a lot of walking in the or maybe all walking, I guess, in the, in the half. What are you going to do with your 10K? What's your strategy for I'm, this guy? You know, the reality is, Kevin, uh, I run practically every day of the year. So uh, it really is not a challenge for me to run a 10K the day before the way I run it. But I'm not running more than about a minute at a time. And uh, I'll probably just set my watch on 30-30 or 20-20, which Barbara and I are using in our marathons now, and I'll do that for both the 10K and the half marathon. Great. Good. I can't wait to catch up with you after that one. I'm sure they get a lot of people for that half out there at Disney Well, these these events uh, close out so quickly, and the uh, both the half, the Disneyland half, and the Dumbo closed out in record time. Um, the Dumbo for, I mean, the uh, Disneyland half, because it's been around, closed record time, and then the Dumbo closed out quicker than any other double event they've had. So it's really popular. Interesting. Well, listen, let's get into the um, the meat of the um, of the program here of the um, Galloway training program, half marathon to finish program. And this is, um, I'll remind everybody that the um, the last episode covered weeks uh, one, two, and three. This episode is going to cover weeks four, five, and six of the to finish program, right from the Galloway training programs book. And within weeks four, five, and six, we have our first Actually, our first and second magic mile, as well as sandwiched in between that, a long run of six and a half miles. So let's jump into the magic mile. We've touched upon it in uh, earlier episodes, but I get a lot of questions about um, the specifics of it. So, um, and I know we asked everybody as their homework in episode two to to get out and find a track or a, a level area and mark it off so that they could do their magic mile. Um, before we talk about the details of the Magic Mile, I'm kind of interested in how you came up with this idea. I've I got to be honest, Jeff. I have an old, um, one of the first marathon books, uh, marathon you can do it books from early on, and there's no mention of the Magic Mile. So that's just, uh, you know, to me, that's just another neat thing that this thing keeps progressing and changing as you get new information. But I'm kind of curious how you came up with that. Well, you're absolutely right, Kevin. My program is never set in stone, never. Uh, if I find something that works better, it goes in the program, but it does get a trial, period, and that is exactly what happened with the Magic Mile. Um, prior to using the Magic Mile, I had used for over 20 years uh, the... 5K as a gauge on the current ability level of, of, to predict. And about 20 years ago, 
uh, I realized that a number of my coaching clients were not doing their 5Ks as suggested. And so as it got close to the end of uh, the training season, uh, I didn't have a way of predicting what they were capable of doing. And so I said, "Let's. we've got four weeks left. Why don't on Thursday you go out and uh, run one mile? Just just run a mile. And uh, uh, this is the setup, the format for what we do now. Now, on the first one, I said, uh, even back then, I said, don't, don't run it even close to all out. Just get a time. And then on the second one, beat that time. And then on the third one, you want to try to really beat that time. And if you have a fourth one, uh, then uh, try to do whatever you could currently without puking. You know, I'm against puking, as you know. Uh, so the the whole concept is to to just get the first one as a reference point and then beat that ref each successive reference point as you go through the season. Now that started the thing about 20 years ago, and I have collected the uh, reports now over the years. Received uh, probably fifty fifty five thousand instances and crunch the numbers on them. And the reality now in predictability is that um, if you take your one-mile time, uh, you can uh, tell how much you're going to tend to slow down if everything works perfectly. And here are here's what the data suggests. First, for running from a, a one-mile time trial, the magic mile, to 5K, a 33-second slowdown. And a 10K, a 15% slowdown. And a half marathon, a 20% slowdown. And in the marathon, a 30% slowdown. So that means that you can predict if a person's training for a half or a full, um, by the end of the season, what they are currently able to run. And then the person can uh, assess how ideal the conditions were for training and for the race day itself and make adjustments accordingly because the assumption when you uh, do the prediction, say, uh, from a one-mile time trial and then you go up to a marathon with a 30% slowdown, that assumes that all the training has been done and that the ideal, the weather is ideal on race day, which often is not the case. So, uh, once you get people, uh, doing the, uh, the, uh, conversion and, uh, then realizing that instead of 60 degrees as ideal, it's actually 70 degrees, you can add a minute per mile and then, um, have a realistic pace. But where we use the magic mile first is to make sure that people are running slow enough on long runs. Uh, in case in point, as an example, let's say that the uh, first or second uh, magic mile was 10 minutes flat. So you multiply 10 times 1.3, and you come up with a 13-minute mile as being an all-out uh, race pace uh, if everything worked right. And then you add two more minutes to that to get the long-run safe pace. So it's a good check initially on just getting uh, a safe pace for a long run. Uh, and again, I, I want to emphasize that uh, we're using this as a guideline, and you can never run too 
slow on long run. So it's always better to err on the conservative side. Um, let me um, let me stop you for one quick second. The example that you just gave, Jeff, unless I'm mistaken, yeah. was actually for a marathon because you mentioned yeah. multiplying times 1.3. So for, so for the for the half, we do 1.2. Right. Actually, uh, we prefer to use the marathon as a uh, guideline for pacing the long run, oh. regardless of the distance of the race. For example, uh, even when someone is training for a 5K, there is no harm in slowing down the long run pace. And particularly since we're in the midst of a lot of warm weather in most parts of the country, it's always safer to make sure people are going slower. So in this case, what I'm recommending is to use the uh, magic mile computation based on the marathon, add two minutes to that, and then that keeps people safer than they would be even if they were training for a half marathon and doing the computation for that. Great. I'm glad glad I asked that question. That's that's interesting. Um, So for those of you following along, uh, page 13 in the book actually goes into a lot of detail and has that example that Jeff just went over. So now we have we've run our let's say our, in your example we've run our ten minute um, marath or I mean um, magic mile multiplied at times one point three and come up with thirteen minutes a mile. Now we're going to add the two minutes, which is fifteen minutes a mile in this example for our long runs. So the next question, uh, the next obvious question to me that I get asked a lot is, okay, so I'm going out and I'm going to run a fifteen minute mile, but you know how do I know? Um, um, what ratio I'm doing with well, a 15-minute uh, mile. Let me also uh, reinforce that on the first one, uh, you're not trying to set a record, a personal record or anything else. You're just trying to get a time. We don't want anybody getting injured on their first magic mile, so it's better to just jog through it and just get a an easy time. Uh, that also virtually assures that you're going to improve on the second one. Improvement is great for the ego, so it's a good thing to do. Uh, but <clears throat> to um, to follow up on your question here, the walk-break ratios are really based on the pace per mile. So um, taking uh, nine minute per mile, four and one ratio, 10 minutes is the three and one, uh, 11 and 12 minutes per mile are versions of two and one, 13 and 14 minutes per mile versions of one-in-one ratio. Uh, 15 minutes per mile, in the example we used, is a one-to-two ratio, meaning one part running and two parts walking, usually facilitated as 20 seconds running and 40 seconds walking, but it could be configured in other ways. A 15-minute-per-mile pace could be uh, used and is often used as 15 seconds running and 30 seconds of walking or 10 seconds of running and 20 seconds of walking. So it's a one-to-two ratio. And from that point on, the ratio keeps ratcheting up in favor of the walking rather than the running. Uh, So, again, on long runs, there is no danger in walking more or in slowing down more. You just want to get that distance in and recover. Right, right. Good. So... um... Also on page 36 of the book, 
Um, it goes into a lot, and it has a chart actually that shows just what Jeff went over. You can um, run your magic mile, uh, multiply times 1.3, add your slowdown factor for um, your long runs, and then go right to this chart and say, bam, I'm running a 12-minute mile. That's a 2-1 ratio, and, and, uh, and, and head out the door. Pretty much uh, tells you exactly what you need to do. So I've run um, the one magic mile um, in our week four, and um, I come back with my second magic mile. You mentioned that the first magic mile should just be to finish and uh, not an all-out effort. What do you have to say about the second magic mile in regards to effort? Well, I really want people to focus on the fact that this is a continuous evolutionary process for the body and the mind. And so it's better on the second one to figure out what you did on the first one. And then uh, if you're running on a track, divide that by four to find out what each quarter mile was on your first one. And then try to beat that by one to two seconds on each lap. For example, let's say that your first magic mile was 10 minutes. Uh, Dividing 10 by 4 is 2 minutes and 30 seconds per lap. So the goal for that person uh, would be a uh, 2 minutes and 28 to 29 seconds per lap. And most people end up actually going faster than that, particularly during the last two laps. And the reason why it's so important, uh, even on the Magic Mile, to figure out your pace is that almost everybody during the first two Magic Miles start too fast. And then they fade at the end. They don't end up uh, feeling that good at the end. And that is uh, self-imposed punishment. If you will simply gain control over yourself and your pacing, uh, then you can be strong all the way to the end and pick up the pace on each lap. And that's an empowering experience. Um, I guess um, I'd like to know on the second magic mile, and, and maybe subsequent after that, uh, after that second one as well, and we'll probably talk about that as we go on the different episodes, but so after the second one, and we're obviously most likely going to have two different times, you know, for these magic miles, do we then take the second magic mile and then adjust our, if we need to, our, our pace and ratios for our next long run, or do we take the fastest of those two, or how do we use the, the data relative to each other to move forward? That's a real good question because I uh, get that one a lot, uh, mainly because folks um, will start out really slow and um, they understand the concept that if you go slow, you're going to recover fast. But we all have egos and we all like to see improvement. And once you get that second magic mile under your belt and you realize that you've improved and done the prediction, see how much you're predicting to run faster as a result of your faster magic mile, a lot of folks say, well, can't I move up? We definitely get this in our Galloway training groups. Can I move up to the next group? Well, if you prove it by your magic mile that you are indeed um, eligible to run in the next group, then it's okay to do that. But what happens most times is folks realize that they have their friends established already, 
and there's no harm in going slower on long runs. So why not stay with the friends and laugh right, and joke right. and all that? But it's okay either way. If, if folks want to run at a slightly faster pace, uh, as generated by the uh, reflections on the magic mile, that's also okay. Perfect. Well, um, before we get off the topic of the magic mile, I'm going to also make sure everyone knows that you have done some amazing videos for Run Disney, and one of them happens to be on the topic of the um, the magic mile. And I will have a link in the show notes today to um, Jeff's video on the magic mile that he did for Run Disney some time ago. And that thing's getting a lot Great. of hits so far. So. Those are fun, and they illustrate a number of the things in the program um, the Disney folks do such a great job with that. It's just uh, fun to work with them. Yeah, shoot over to um, thegallowayextramile.com, and you'll see the link to that video. I'll get you there very quickly. Uh, let's see. So we've got we mentioned the two um, the two magic miles, but sandwiched in between, we've got a long run that has jumped all the way to six and a half miles. Um, yes. And by this time. Uh, we should know exactly what pace and ratio that we're going to do that in, given whatever our magic, our first magic mile said. Um, from here on out, I noticed that we have a long run every two weeks, and each time we're building um, those magic miles at um, uh, at a mile and a half. And that's a little right. bit different for for the marathon because I know it, it goes along every every two miles, and then when it hits um, twenty miles, I think that you jump out to three we- every three weeks, but that's not true in the um, in the half, right? We're going to go every every other week for a long run. That is correct. And for uh, those who are going to finish, uh, that will continue to be the the uh, interval. You'll uh, run long every two weeks. And once again, you are a big proponent of your um, your long runs being your last long run being longer than the the race distance. Why is that? It's- It's always better to have that uh, exact uh, type of training that you're going to need during the race itself. And if you can go even farther, you're you're a little over-prepared for the race, meaning that you can even afford to make some mistakes and still be strong in the race itself. Um, But the difference... And running the distance versus running less than the distance has been identified by surveys over the last uh, 30 years. And I've discovered that those who used to run 10 miles before their half marathon, when they go up to 13 or better, let's say go up to 14, because most of the surveys we've done have gone up to 14 from 10, the average improvement in a half marathon has been more than seven minutes. And that's mainly due to the fact that you don't slow down once you hit that fatigue wall, which is usually identified by the length of your last long run. (laughs) The best part about it is the psychological boost you get during the last week and during the race itself when you start to doubt whether you can go the distance and then you suddenly uh, cognitively uh, focus on the fact that you've already gone more than the distance. <laughs> so right, right. It, you you say that cognitive thought, I've gone the distance, and that uh, take that shifts you into the conscious brain, the, the frontal lobe, and it allows you then to uh, uh, gain control over those anxieties that 
uh, will be produced by the subconscious brain, but you're in control over them by constantly going back to the fact. <laughs> the fact is, I've gone 14 miles. I know I can go 13. Well, great. While we're on the subject of um, of, lo- of the uh, long run, I want to shift gears a little bit and discuss the running form and efficiency, which becomes uh, obviously very important as your long runs uh, get out there to the race distance. And I know that you've developed a couple of specific drills to address these. So let's talk briefly about the first one, which which is a, a something you call cadence drills. Can you tell us yeah. what they are and why they're important and, and then touch on how to do them? I am also working, I'm very excited, I'm working on a new course that I will be offering around the country in various places called Great Form. And, and what it is is... Uh, about a one- to two-hour course, depending on what we're going to be doing in each area, that will give people a chance to learn these drills, to learn the principles of good running form, and then to apply them to set up a program that can help them become more and more efficient month by month as they go through it. The two drills are the uh, cadence drill and the acceleration glider drill. And I've got to tell you that I hear from people uh, every day who have uh, struggled with their form, and then they lock on to doing these drills once a week is all that's necessary. And they find that they're not only smoother, they're faster, but the best part about it, as identified to me, is that they just simply feel better when they run because uh, what the drills do is um, reinforce you for efficient running form, and that means... Uh, staying lower to the ground, touching lighter with your feet, and then uh, allowing the ankle to do most of the work. The two drills, the cadence drill, a very simple drill. Uh, using our timer, uh, for those of you that hadn't gotten the starter kit, we have a starter kit, or you can go to jeffgalloway.com and just get our little green coach, the timer. Uh, set it on uh, a 30-30, 30-second, 30 30-second. 30 and um, during the first 30 seconds, you're simply counting how many times your left or your right foot touches. Take a 30-second break, and then the second time, your mission is to beat the count that you did on the first one. You go through a set of four uh, repetitions of the uh, cadence drill, each time increasing the count. And uh, by the time you get to the end of that, um, you most people are... are pretty much what they could do for that day. Um, But what happens internally in the the right side of the uh, tunnel lobe is more important in that that intuitive part of us is searching for ways of making us more efficient, of running uh, so that it's easier on the body. And um, all of that involves uh, the use of the ankle more and the use of the calf muscle and tendons less then that means you save resources to, to the end. The other drill is the acceleration glider drill. It's not a time drill. Uh, you simply go through uh, the four phases of running that uh, allow you to ease into a run from a walk and then to uh, build up your speed a little bit so that you can get used to running faster uh, when you get to your race, and finally, 
to coast off your momentum back into a walk break. So the way that that's done is you start out with a slow jog, just uh, barely putting one foot in front of the other for about eight to ten steps, and then you go into a little faster jog, which is sort of a normal, easy run pace for about eight to ten steps. Now, over the next 30 steps, you're gradually picking up the pace and the turnover uh, to the pace that you either want to run in your race for that season about or uh, a pace that you're going to be doing in the Magic Mile or some other run, part of your run uh, that day. And then after about 30 steps of gradual picking up the pace, never sprinting but picking it up, you go into a glide, which is a gradual coasting right back down into a walk break. So you want to start out with a walk break, you finish up with the walk break, and you gradually transition from that walk break uh, into the run and then coast into the next walk break. Do you use acceleration gliders, that, that um, method, during your marathons, or is that just a, um, an exercise you do leading up to it? Well... I use a version of it, and I actually have heard from quite a few of my e-coach clients who have uh, enjoyed doing that to break up uh, long runs when they start to get boring. But the one caution is that if you're doing an acceleration glider, you need to avoid going very fast on the acceleration. All you're going to do is pick it up to uh, a faster jog and not go into anything uh, that's that's too fast on that day. Uh, but the cadence drill is definitely a drill that um, a high percentage of my clients use during long runs because there's no liability in the cadence drill. All you're trying to do is over 30 seconds, you're trying to pick up the count uh, of, of one foot or the other. I'd fail to mention this, but when you're doing the cadence drill for 30 seconds, uh, count the number of times that either your left foot or your right foot touches. If you try to count both feet, it'll drive most people crazy. <laughs> it's just a, you, you develop a faster turnover rate, and at some point you try to figure out, now, how many did I end up at the end of that drill? <laughs> Might help pass the time. It does help pass the time, and that's why a lot of people use it on their long runs or runs that started out to be boring during the middle of the week. But the fact is that um, it provides benefit. It legitimate improvement in your form when you do these once a week. If you wait two weeks, you're almost starting over again. So it's just important to do them about every seven days. Great. And um, two quick items. Number one, the... Um the cadence drills can be found on page 147 of the book, and the acceleration gliders are on page 115. And secondly, Jeff has also put together a couple of um, videos on those two drills as well for the Run Disney folks. And I will put um, the show in the show notes the links to both of those as well. So pop over there to the uh, to the website, and uh, for those visual people, uh, these are yeah. very good. Very good videos on exactly what you ought to be doing. Well, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Do you have time for a couple of very quick questions from a from a couple of listeners? Yes, I do. And let me just mention uh, mention about three uh, products that will help uh, listeners. One is the 
low, low fit half marathon app that I recorded. So you'll have coaching uh, each day to get you motivated. Secondly, for those that are starting to get into the long runs now long enough so that your blood sugar is an issue, uh, I recommend 30 to 40 calories every two miles. And we have a new product now that's all fruit and has worked extremely well in long runs for practically everybody that's used. It's called Superfruit, uh, SF7X, uh, Superfruit. Anyway, we have it on our website if you want to try it. And then finally, um, the clothes during the summertime sometimes don't smell the best. And <laughs> there's there's a new product by Two Toms that we highly recommend, um, and we sell that on our website, but a lot of running stores sell it. Uh, and other stores, uh, but what it does is it gets into the microbes inside the cloth and uh, destroys the source of odor-producing uh, uh, microbes uh, so that uh, even though something has not smelled very good for a long time, often uh, this can take it away. So it's by two toms, and it's uh, anti-stink <laughs> Uh, detergent, believe it or not. <laughs> they don't mince any words in that company. <laughs> yeah, tell me. I'm sorry. Anti-stink spray, too, for shoes that has worked really well. And believe me, I put it to the test. I was going to say, tell me the truth. Did my wife call you and ask you to mention this product? No, but Barbara uh, did. So <laughs> tell me. <laughs> um. Great, and I'll also um, put um, links to those three products on the um, website as well. So, good more products. good links to get over there and get get a get a hold of. Um, so, our first um, our first question is coming from Louise at uh, Princeton, New Jersey. She's got uh, a bum hip, Jeff. She's got something that, uh, if you're a doctor, you will recognize as bursitis of the greater. I'm going to try to pronounce this, but it's. Trochanter, which I guess is... Trochanter, that's actually what I fractured last year. Ah, okay. Well, then this is a timely question. She, she's she got bursitis in that and has tried some cortisone, and she's doing a lot of walking right now, but um, she's up to three miles or so. But um, she'd like to know if you have any quick tips on how to get her back to run-walk. Well, let me just explain that uh, last year I fractured my upper trochanter because I was... Uh, walking up a flight of stairs and didn't look at the last step. So the first lesson there is please watch the steps when you walk up stairs. Um, But uh, what I learned is that uh, that trochanter has a lot of tendons and ligaments and and soft tissue that wraps around it and connects uh, over it and around it and so forth. And so when you have an irritation there, it often affects a lot of the soft tissue, which... Uh, can also take longer to fully get better. And when you have bursitis in that area, uh, there's other issues with that, Uh, mainly that um, you have to stay below the threshold of irritation uh, first, and that means that walking is the prescribed treatment that can uh, keep your endurance up, Uh, keep a short stride uh, and Uh, your feet low to the ground, Uh, but by going the same distance you would go on long runs, most people are able to keep their mileage up. And then as soon as the situation gets 
uh, good enough to do some short run breaks, they can transition right back into running, uh, even with the distance that they did walking. Uh, so it's been a real good quick fix for those that had problems before. Uh, now, uh, for the bursitis situation, you're just going to have to talk to your doctor, but, it, but staying below the threshold of irritation uh, is the key to allowing it to heal. The body wants to heal itself if you let it. And sadly, runners are so focused on wanting to get back into their running, they uh, try it too quickly, they aggravate it again, and they keep going through several cycles of this. So um, do talk to your doctor, stay below the threshold of irritation, keep a short stride. I don't recommend stretching, as you know, because in that area particularly, you're going to tend to wrench out uh, what the healing is trying to mend and keep it aggravated on a regular basis. Uh, often massage can help um, because there's some uh, stuff going on in the area where blood flow can be increased by massage. Uh, and then often uh, ice massage at night can help. I'm talking about rubbing a chunk of ice, not a bag of ice, no plastic covering of any kind, no gel ice. It must be ice directly rubbed on the area. And then uh, uh, work with a doctor that really wants you to get back running. Yeah, that's an important one. Find find a, a running doctor if you can. That's a good idea. Uh, and I do have one more thing, and that yeah. is uh, once you get the go-ahead to, to start back, uh, you only want to uh, go for 10 minutes uh, of baby steps like five seconds of shuffling and 55 seconds of walking. And with the 555, you allow the hip, whatever it is that's injured, to gradually readjust to the running motion. And as you progress uh, every other day, you could add two to three minutes more of the 555 and build up gradually to 30 minutes uh, all the while, if you want to maintain your endurance, doing the long walks that will maintain that endurance really well. So it sounds like this is um, first-hand experience as opposed to hearing from other runners, huh? Absolutely, Kevin. That's exactly <laughs> the way I started back. I went 5.55 and uh, went that for a week or so and then went up to 10 seconds running and uh, shuffling, rather, and uh, 50 seconds walking. I practice what I preach. Well, good luck, Louise. Let us know. Let us know how things are going. Um, the the second and last um, question I had is coming from Denise, Jeff, and she actually sent a, um, an audio in. So let's play that. Hi, Kevin, Chris, and Jeff. This is Denise from Northeast Oklahoma. My question is: Once I've done the Magic Mile, which I'll do my first one tomorrow, the information I give it received from that calculating thing. How will I learn to actually sense the pace I'm on? Do I need to get a runner's watch? I use an iPhone and the app, which gives me facts after the fact. But how does one learn to run a certain pace? Thanks so much for all you're doing. I'm really loving the half marathon training program, and um, I feel great after each run, and it just surprises me. But um, I know it's a program that works. Thanks, all. Well, Denise, um, thank you for that question. That's one that uh, actually is asked quite a lot, and it's really a crucial issue, pacing uh, each lap during the Magic Mile. The idea is to work off what you did for time on your last one. 
So take that time from your last magic mile, divide it by four, and then your mission is to beat that time by a second or two, at least by the end of the magic mile. Now, if you were slowing down at the end of your most recent magic mile, it would be a good idea to run no faster on the first lap than what your average was. For example, let's say that you ran your last magic mile in 10 minutes flat. So that means that you um, want to average, if you wanted to do the same thing, you would average 2 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, since if you're slowing down at the end of your last one, start out at 2.30. But then on each successive one, try to beat that time by one to two seconds. So on the second one, uh, you could run 2.28 or 2.29 and try for that same thing on the third one. And then on the fourth one, if you're feeling good, you can even run faster than that. Perfect. Thank you, Jeff. So listen, at this point in the program... We should all have, um, we've done uh, at least one magic mile coming up on two. We should all have a pretty good idea of what pace and ratio that we're going to be doing these long runs in or, and, and obviously adjusting for heat, as you've mentioned several times. So in episode number four, which will be out in a few weeks, we'll discuss weeks seven, eight, and nine. This program's moving along quickly. Um, sure is. Seven, eight, and nine um, will include long runs of eight and nine and a half miles as well as our third magic mile. And as always, we'll throw in some other important and interesting topics that uh, Jeff can help us with. So once again, Jeff, I want to thank you very much for being with us today. And before I let you go, um, please make sure that uh, you tell Barbara we said good luck and uh, to listen to everything her running coach tells her and you have her back on her feet in no time, huh? Well, I you know, sometimes uh, folks in, uh, that are family members are <clears throat> some of the hardest to work with because you want so much for them to be back as soon as possible. But the reality is we're going to try to continue to um, to heal up, and uh, I may have to hold Barb back. Because <laughs> <laughs> she had to hold me back last yeah, year. Exactly, exactly. All right, Jeff. Well, thanks again for talking with us today, and um, we'll um, look forward to another chat in a couple of weeks. Same here, Kevin. You have a good two weeks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I know, Goofy. How about you train your team? All right, let's head back over to the Extra Mile Podcast Galloway Edition hotline and uh, speak to our three Galloway Run, Walk, Run guinea pigs again today. How's everybody doing? We got Sheila, Nate, Suzanne, and of course our coach Chris on the line. How's everybody today? I'm oh, great. Doing great. Yeah, everybody all at one time. <laughs> We're good. That's the problem with a conference call. Everybody, everybody either talks on top of themselves or they wait for someone else to talk, and then there's a long pause. But good. So um, we spoke somewhere around three weeks ago, where we introduced you all to our listeners. Um, and so what I'd like to do is um, briefly go around the table today, speak with each one of you individually, and um, see what you've done in, since we spoke last time. Maybe tell us um, if there's been any magic miles and, and what your long runs have, have done. I'll remind the listeners what category each one of you um, was picked for and what you're shooting for, what your goal is. And then um, 
We'll talk to Chris about what maybe he has in store for you, any impressions he has up until this point for you, and then what he might have in store for you between now and the time we speak again. So if that's okay with everybody, let's start with Sheila. Sheila, you were in the category um, of runner who had never run a half marathon before. And um, so far, tell us how things are going. Well, so far, it's just going great. I, um, I've i done two magic miles. I actually did one even before I started working with Chris, just based on uh, past experience in reading through Jeff's materials. And uh, I did another one, and they were within two seconds of each other, about, you know, six weeks apart. So that was kind of interesting to me. Um, my longest run so far has been a seven-and-a-half miler, which went well but very slow because I got out a little later than I wanted to, and it was a very, very hot, muggy day. Um, but I got it done, and I felt great. I felt great the rest of the day and the rest of the weekend. And um, with all my runs, that's been true. I've been feeling good. It's cooled off a little here, so it's making the runs much more enjoyable. Um, but it's all going well overall. You're, you're in Hudson, Ohio, up near, that's up near Cleveland, right? Right, exactly, yes. Okay, yeah, so I'm not that far from you, and I agree that the weather has certainly broken. It's a little bit more pleasant than, than it was there for a while. Um, so seven and a half miles was your long run. Can I ask um, what ratio you're doing? Yeah, so my long runs, Chris has me doing a one-one ratio, one-minute walk, one-minute run. Um, and then on my shorter runs, I'm doing uh, one-minute walk, two-and-a-half-minute run. So the one-one ratio feels really easy. It feels like a pace I could sustain for many more miles than that. So that's good. good. Um, tell me how you felt when you, when you did your first one-one ratio, because um, I get a lot of questions about that as far as, um, you know, some runners who might think, oh, I'm just getting started, now I'm walking again. Is, is, there, is, is there some sort of a break-in period? or tell, us, tell me your impressions of that. Well, it it does feel that way, and it it feels like this must be this must be slow. It seems like it should be a lot slower. How am I ever going to, you know, get through seven and a half miles? It's going to take forever. And then you know, thinking ahead to the thirteen point one, but um, you know, overall, it's it's still it's a pretty decent average miles per hour, or, or however you want to measure it, but. Um, my pace seems pretty good overall. Like I said, it's been hot, so if you use the Galloway equation with adding seconds or half half minutes for every number of degrees over 60 degrees, I've really been kind of right on where I would expect to be. So um, it's it's not as slow as it seems, and it, it it feels easy. So it's all it's all on the plus side for you. Is there anything you're concerned about? Anything that you weren't expecting? Um, I. No, but I feel like I could probably do a ratio over longer distances that does have more, you know, a longer run, even with the one, like a two-one or a one-and-a-half-one. But, um, you know, I, I think I'll stick with it for now and see how it goes and see if we want to modify that later in the training. Good. Um, Chris, what do you think? Are we, um, is she on target? Is, is, is any, um, any impressions so far with Sheila? Well, I think she definitely is on target. And one of the things that I love hearing is that one and one feels so easy and she feels like she could do that all day long because that's what we want. For the long run, we want to make sure that 
that the distance is the focus and that she never feels like she's going too fast and she never feels like the ratio is too tough. The ratio for run-walk-run that we have is based on the pace that she's going during that particular run. So she's running two and a half minutes and walking a minute during some of the shorter runs during the week because some of those runs are faster than she's going on the weekend. And in fact, in the half marathon itself, I will predict that she, that she'll, she will feel comfortable using a ratio closer to what she's doing during those runs during the week. And so uh, one of the things, Sheila, that I would say is try out different ratios on those short runs. And two and a half and one is terrific. Try out two and one, try out three and one, See what ratio feels really good to you, feels natural to you, and that might be the one that you choose to use during the half marathon itself. Uh, but for now, we definitely want to keep the long run using one and one. In fact, uh, one of the things that you might do as the long run gets even longer is for the first mile or so, cut that ratio in half. So run 30 seconds, walk 30 seconds for the first mile or so as you're warming up, and, and that'll help you get into the groove and then switch over to one and one. I'm not as much concerned about that since you said the weather is getting a little bit cooler, but if you get another heat wave, if, if you get an Indian summer and you're having some hot days when you're out there running, or if you have to run later in the day and the sun is already pretty high, using that more conservative ratio, that 30-30, may help you get through the run without any other ill effects. Another thing I'd love for you to tell Kevin and everybody else about is tell us about that experience you had with your husband taking a lot of pride in your training. Because that, that, that made my day when I read that. Okay. I don't mind bragging a little. So we were um, actually after my five-mile run on Sunday, later in the day, we took the kids to a bike trail and we went for a, a, a bike ride. And as we were unloading the bike, um, someone approached my husband and he had a marathon t-shirt on and he had information pamphlets about activities in the area and when my husband saw the marathon information he pointed at me and said oh my wife's a marathoner so <laughs> that was like a big pride moment for me that that he actually referred to me as a marathoner and I haven't even done my first half yet but it was I, it made me happy so <laughs> does your husband run Sheila uh, not very much. He does a lot of other sports, but um, we're not compatible runners, and he doesn't run very much, so we have to find other things to do together. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking maybe we're going to hit him up and get him out trying some, some run, walk, run after we um, get you across the finish, finish line of your half. Yeah, maybe we won't probably have to not. Hit him up. After, maybe after he sees you cross the finish line, he'll, he'll call me himself. I hope so. I'd love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, Chris, are you concerned at all that Sheila, it sounds like she she's holding back and wants to take off a little bit faster than than we Oh can. no. I mean I if she if she were uh if she stops fighting um that uh if she stops fighting that urge to take off, I'll be worried. If you indulge yourself on those long runs and take off too fast, it's really easy to overdo it. And, and find yourself in a situation where you need to take extra time off. So uh, as long as she's content to enjoy her successes, and I, I'm happy that she feels like she can go faster. I know she can go faster. I know she can go farther. I just don't want her to do both of those things in the same run. 
Uh, we focus on speed uh, at other times, and we focus on distance um, on the long run. And, um, and she'll have her chance to, to work on speed after she's gotten through this first half marathon. However, we will adjust her times and adjust her goals a little bit as she does more magic miles. And uh, she has another magic mile coming up in a few weeks. And if that turns out to be a faster time, then, um, then we may adjust her, uh, her predicted pace for those long and shorter runs. Great, great. Um, Sheila, you'll be interested in, in um, Jeff's conversation for this episode as well because we really, really dig in to the magic mile and talk specifically about um, how to make adjustments to your run, walk, run based on subsequent uh, magic miles. And I know... Uh, Chris will be hitting you up on that as you, as you with your progress. Great. Nate, Good. you're up, buddy. Uh, let's remind right. everyone about your category. Um, Nate, you've run a half marathon in the past, but you've never used run, walk, run during your half, and you've got a, a pretty nice half marathon PR, 218. So tell us what's been going on with you. What have you been up to since we spoke last? Yeah, I had a seven-and-a-half-mile long run. I actually did it on the trail, which was the first time I ever did that. Um, it was a real trail. It was uh, like a hiking trail, not like a, a, so much of a, uh, a running. I mean, you could run on it, obviously, but um, that was really challenging. Um, I really took it slow. Um, I told Chris about it, so he said, you know, just make sure you're lifting your feet up, and um, that was a, definitely a challenge for me, and uh, so not the typical long run. And then this past week, I was talking before, and just I did uh, four 800s. And uh, for my for myself, I was supposed to do it about uh, 220 pace for each about that for each each uh, lap. And I was consistently getting under that for each lap. So I uh, I learned that 800s aren't so bad after all. And uh, I think um, Yasa was was onto something. Bart was onto something with that, and uh, th- those are the two big things that I, for as far as long runs, um, I had a little bit of a setback as far as I was feeling sick last Wednesday, so I I took which actually took off work and everything, and uh, but then I so I missed my Wednesday run, and um, but then I got into the pool on on Thursday. I just wanted to take it easy, and um, and I was back at it. Um, that was r- right before the the 800s, and I, I was very strong for the 800s, and um, it was actually raining that day too. So those are the two two big things for for me on on my my last couple weeks, um, and uh, just kind of oh the and one thing I I did I told Chris this uh, I had. My magic, my latest magic mile, my first one was uh, a lot faster than the second one, and I think it was due to lack of sleep or stress or whatever. So I was kind of discouraged about that, but then I kicked it on Saturday with the 800. So I'm not too. Chris hasn't said anything about it, so I'm not too terribly concerned about it. But um, that's kind of been what's going on for me. Good. Um, what are your impressions? I know beyond the fact that you have run a half but never used the run, walk, run and a half, um, if I'm not mistaken, you've actually not used run, walk, run, period. So 
tell us your impressions so far of that. Um, it's been great. It's really helped. Um, overall, I, I, I really feel like it's, it's so much um, less fatigue afterwards. I kind of mentioned that last time. Um, I usually indulge myself in, in, in a dessert or something after after a long run, I, and it's like I didn't even feel like I deserved that. Cause, but I ran the same distance, so it's kind of funny how that works out. But um, it's so much easier to do it, um, just less less kind of pain or like we said last time. I mean, I'm, I don't I don't want any to have a lot of pain, but it's a lot less pain than normal tra- than a, the training I've had in the past, and. Um, so it's it's really worked well for me. I love the three one for my long my short runs, um, and then for for my longer runs I'm doing a two one ratio. So that's going really both of those ratios are really good for me. Well, good as we as we go along. I know one of the questions in the back of my mind is going to be um, whether or not I know you've committed to do this for this for this half, but whether or not we've actually got a convert on our hands mm-hmm. or not. So keep that one in the back of your mind and. Well, we're we're all on our way, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah. I think he's he's coming to the dark side, isn't he, Chris? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne. Yes, hi. Kevin. Hi. How's how's life in Chicago? Life in Chicago is wonderful. The temperature are the Chicago summers that I have come to love with temperatures where you don't feel like uh, you might as well be living in Atlanta still. Right. So, <laughs> or Jacksonville. Or Jacksonville, yeah. yeah. All right, let's remind um, our listeners that um, you have and, and have been using Run, Walk, Run. You've done um, half marathons, several of yes. them, 26 Quite. Or plus now. Using yeah, Run, I'm Walk, on- Run, and you want to set a PR using Run, I would. Or at least, you know, I mean, the one that I did was kind of a fluke. But if I could just get almost to that, I would be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us what you've done since the last time um, we spoke. Well, for the first time ever, uh, Chris has me doing speed work. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a track uh, about a mile away, which is perfect for a warm-up to kind of walk the five minutes and jog the final 10 to get over to the track. And then uh, I did my four 800s and was pleasantly surprised at able to maintain uh, or achieve the times that Chris had suggested for me. In fact, uh, it exceeded the times that Chris had suggested and uh, was also very surprised at how tired I was when those two miles were done. Uh, but... Uh, I've, I've been keeping up up, up my pace and uh, have have been working uh, for some times that uh, he suggested. One of them is on the Monday, Wednesday, get out and go for 35, 45 minutes. Uh, my second mile, he's had me start looking at seeing if I can do an 11-minute mile. And a week ago, it was 11 minutes, 24 seconds. And yesterday, it was 11 minutes, 12 seconds, so we're getting there. He's got to be happy with that. I mean, I, I am, and not only that, but what Chris doesn't recognize is that on the second mile of my standard run is one of the, what, three hills in Chicago, so I'm, I'm doing that 11 with a hill. <laughs> um, what, what ratio are you using for that? Uh, for, my, 
uh, for the just the let's get some let's get some speed going. I'm doing a one-one ratio, and I am playing with it a little bit. If I'm feeling exceptionally strong, I may go one thirty thirty. Uh, if it's nice and cool, you know, and you're you're feeling good, it's let's let's see if we can keep this going. Uh, for the long run, I'm doing thirty thirty, and uh, just enjoying enjoying it. So. Um Tell me your impressions on uh, on how things are going. Well, I think uh, the speed work is a good um, kind of an ego boost. You know, it's it's something that I'd heard about, and uh, my friend Marion, who is fast, has been doing a speed work. She goes to track every Wednesday, but she also gets there at five thirty in the morning. And as much as I love love her and getting out. I've just not had that incentive. So since I now have the accountability of reporting to Chris as well as telling him what I've done, I've been doing it. And, and it's, it's not only not bad, it's, it's kind of got a little ego boost thing going for you too. Right, right. So Chris, what do you think? Well, I tell you, something that, that, um, that we heard from both Nate and Suzanne in talking about their track workouts is uh, that they've gone faster on those repeats than the assigned pace. And I definitely understand how exciting that is. I definitely understand how, um, how much of an ego boost it is to exceed expectations on those uh, track workouts. However, I want to beg both of them to slow down on the track work because what we're looking for is not how fast can you go during these 800s. It's can we dial in a particular pace on these 800s, which is going to stimulate the pace that you're going to go during the half marathon between walk breaks. And so that's where that, that assigned pace comes from. Now, for both of them, if their magic miles get faster, then we'll adjust their goal time in the half marathon which will then cause us to adjust the pace they're going to go in those 800s. Um, but for now, let's try to keep that pace on the 800s, what we've talked about. And hopefully for Suzanne, that will mean that when you do your next set of 800s, which will be six 800s or three total miles, you won't be as tired when you finish that. Um, also, uh, what I'd like to do is get Suzanne to do uh, add a magic mile during this weekend's run. She's got a five-mile run coming up this weekend, and I'd love to have another magic mile time from that so that we can see if maybe we want, we want to make some adjustments on that to work. Okay. Great. Well, um, I don't think I asked – I know I asked um, Sheila about um, her, her um, current long run, seven and a half miles. Nate, did I miss it? Did I not ask you? What, what's your current long run right now? Um, this next Saturday is going to be nine. Actually, so I should rephrase that. It's normally Saturdays. This week it's going to be nine on Sunday. Nine miles. Suzanne, what are you going to be doing? Well, I'm I'm doing five. I did seven this past Friday, which it's a shame we couldn't have done the magic mile while I had the thunder and lightning, which sort of uh, <laughs> skewed. <laughs> did he surprise you? Did he surprise you on the call with that? I beg your pardon? Did Chris surprise you when he threw in that, that magic mile he wants you to do this weekend? Or yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise, but that's no problem. 
All right. I decided. Well, I, I decided, got, Kevin. I rather, I say, rather than sending them their uh, their updates this week, uh, I just decided I'd throw it to them during the call. So that they may all get a little bit surprised by what I said. They're all oh, nice. Which reminds me, Nate's got some. Uh, Nate has some adjustments he has to do with his long run because he's going out of town for his wedding anniversary this weekend. Oh no! Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm able to do it uh, with a friend on Saturday. Or some, I keep saying Saturdays. Um, habits die hard. So, uh, Sunday at three with a friend. So um, good. A little different good. than Saturday morning, but um, I sent you a bunch of different options. That's 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 what we're gonna do. The fact that you have the accountability of running with a friend uh, makes me feel better about the Sunday option. Uh, when you have to miss the Saturday morning run. My choice would always be to get it out of the way sooner, uh, do it on Friday if you can, rather than Sunday, just because things happen over the weekend that, makes it, that can make it more difficult to get that run in. But knowing you've got someone that is expecting you to be there on Sunday makes me feel like you're less likely to miss, to, uh, miss that run, and so I feel good about your, your doing it that way. So good choice. Yeah, and good. And he, she's uh, totally on board with uh, the – my ratio, and she's coming back from injury, uh, and she's all about the, the ratio right now. So it's, it's a win-win situation for us. Good, good. So she's running with you, and you're not running with her. That's, that's the way to look at it. <laughs> and, and also, we might have another convert after this weekend, too. Yeah, I think so. Oh, and I'm getting a new, uh, hopefully I have my new, new uh, timer uh, by, by Saturday, Sunday so I can uh, check it out and see how it works. Because I dropped mine too many times. So. <laughs> they last a long time, but they don't like to be dropped. I, 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 they don't bounce. Good. So, um, Chris, any um, parting thoughts to our uh, guinea pigs here? Uh, every, it's all good from what, from what I hear. It is all good. And I'm just really proud of all of them for sticking with it, uh, for being diligent. I think that... The thing to keep in mind is as these long runs get longer, feel free to slow down, feel free to go to a more conservative ratio at different times. Uh, There is no prize for who gets through the long run fastest, and there's no prize for uh, who suffers the most during the long run. So slowing down, taking it easy is always, always, always acceptable. And it's much better to enjoy yourself on these runs, and it's easier to enjoy yourself when you're not huffing and puffing. So that's the number one thing that I want you to remember as the distances get longer. And then, again, for those of you doing speed work, try to think of it more as pace training than as speed work so that you're not going out too fast. And if you you really, really want to go fast on those, then give me a faster Magic Mile and we'll talk. (laughs) <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. We have right. a deal. We have. Chris, <laughs> do you right. want me, um, Chris? Do you want me to just stick with the same schedule for Magic Mile, yeah, or should I try to do Magic Mile tomorrow, or or? Yeah, uh, that's a good. That's a good question. And and Kevin, I think this is something that everyone should consider: is that there are certain Magic Miles that are built into the schedule. But if you ever feel like you've gotten faster, if you ever feel like you've had a breakthrough, or uh, if you feel like your last magic mile wasn't really representative of what you can do. And that might be Nate's situation. As he mentioned, 
he's been sick, and he didn't realize he was he was sick. It seems like the days he had to take off followed his last Magic Mile. But I think probably the result of your Magic Mile was affected by the illness that was coming on. So for anyone, if you feel like there's a reason that you should do another Magic Mile, don't wait for it in the schedule. Just go ahead and, and put it in there and do it on one of your regular running days. Uh, you don't want to replace a, an off day with a Magic Mile because those off days are important. But go ahead, make one of your three to five to six mile runs a Magic Mile. Do a warm-up for about half that distance and then clock yourself for that mile, giving it a real good effort. Uh, remember, we're, we're absolutely on record as being against puking, so don't do that during, uh, during your magic mile or any other time during your run. Uh, but get in that, that magic mile time. And if it is an improvement, then, yeah, Nate, absolutely. Let me know, and we'll make some adjustments. And for everybody who's playing along at home, when you, make, uh, your, when you have your new magic mile, if you've got an opportunity to make an adjustment to your training schedule, make it. Perfect. And Thank you. Nate, I'm going to throw in, there's, there's also no puking on your anniversary this weekend either. That's, that's <laughs> tend to go over well. Absolutely. All right. That's an important one. All right. Anybody got anything else before we, um, before we cut out today? All right. Well, Good. well nope. I'll, um, I'll hit everybody up and then, uh, for the next episode in, uh, in a two, three weeks, and we'll um, see what's going on in the, in the, in the future. And um, I appreciate, once again, all of your time. And you guys have a great time, and uh, Nate, you have a great, great weekend, and we'll chat again very shortly. See you, everybody. All right. Thanks, Bye. buddy. All Thank right. you. Bye-bye. They can use the Galloway Run, Walk, Run method, a proven way to get you to the finish line strong. First you run, then you walk. First you run, then you walk. Run. Run. Walk, walk, run, run, walk, walk, run, run, walk. Do the Galloway. All right, I'm going to head back over to the Galloway Extra Mile Podcast Half Marathon Edition, and uh, we're going to speak with a close friend and um, entrepreneur, somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for quite some time now, Mr. John Fournier. John, how are you doing this afternoon, buddy? Good. How are you, Kevin? I'm very good, thanks. Um, good. Let me let me tee this conversation up for those of you who are um, not familiar with um, with John and his and his product. Um, like many of you, um, I, I um, from time to time come across running products that were recommended to me or 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 um, sent to me by fellow runners and friends, and and in this case. Uh, Chris Twiggs turned me on to a little running product that um, I instantly fell in love with on the first run out the door, and that happens to be a little product called Squish Bands. And uh, for those of you who have been listening to the show or following us on Facebook, that's a very familiar item to you at this point. And, and what I wanted to do is get John on the show today, talk a little bit about what the product was, um, how it came about, and... Um, what it does and, and how you can get a hold of one. So, John, welcome. Like I said before, and before we get started, let's let's talk a little bit about your background. You are sure. a runner or not? I am a runner. Tell us a little bit about it. How long have you been running? What kind of running do you do? Oh, since I was a little kid, I've been running around 
when I um, I remember some of my funnest memories in second grade, third grade, just trying to be the fastest kid. And as I grew older, um, I stayed small. So all throughout middle school and high school, I was a tiny little kid who had a heart and would love to run as fast as I could. And ran track in high school. It actually, at the time, had set the fastest mile for for high school at 5:09, which now that's blown out the water by a kid named Will Weaver here in Fernandina. But it's uh, it's been a blast. I I really got inspired though in '76 with the Olympics when Bruce Jenner was running. My older brother kept egging me on, and I was only in sixth grade. But he'd say, "Hey, if you want to be like Bruce Jenner." you got to get out there and, and run. So whether I liked it or not, I'd get out there and, and run. And it was funny seeing this short little kid, I'm sure to many that were in our neighborhood, just running and running and running. Uh, constantly people would see me in school and say, hey, I saw you out running the other day. But it's always always been a part of my life. Love running. So you've been running before running was cool, huh? That's right. Mm, good for you. Good for you. And, and, and the good news is you, you probably are – glad at this point you didn't grow up to be Bruce Jenner. You probably don't want to be him these days. Huh? <laughs> uh. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, so listen, let's talk about this squish band deal. Before we get into some of the specifics, um, for those who don't, who don't know, what is a squish band? Squish is really a glorified sweat band. It's, um, it's something that you wear on your hand as opposed to on the wrist, or you see people using the ends of their shirts or running with bandanas or, or towels, and um, this is just makes it easier. Like you've mentioned in your podcast, it's uh, something that you don't even rec- realize that it's there. You don't hold it. It holds you. So it's a sweatband that stays lightly in the palm of the hand, and it's easier to wipe the crud from your face when you're doing the marathons or the sniffles when you have the runny noses and cold weather and definitely the sweat as it's starting to drip in the eyes keeps it all out so that's it it's basically a glorified sweat band and um it also where i mean you mentioned the uh, wiping away sweat it also works i've i've run using this my my new squish band in the rain as well so it right. obviously works mm-hmm. great in the rain too Sure, keeping the sweat out of the eyes or any kind of drips that are getting in the eyes, that blurred vision, it's a its a safety issue. And even for, I did a couple of research studies on sweat and that as it drips into the eyes, whether you're contact users or whatnot, it can help develop styes and all. So this just helps prevent all that. Yeah, I, I mean, going back as long as I can remember, I, I've always been a runner who who um, sweat a lot and couldn't stand getting sweat in my face and in my eyes and, and was one of those guys that that uh, would either lift my shirt up or, or mm-hmm. and wipe my face with it every you know every few minutes or um, sometimes if I was gutsy enough I took my shirt off and then just wrapped around my hand much like your your squish band and uh, wiped my face with it it's, it's an amazing product tell us tell us a little bit about the name it's S Q O O S H how did it come about? A friend of mine, um, a friend of mine, CJ, whom I work with at the hotel that I work at, kind of coined the phrase. I told him a few days after the invention that I come up, had come up with, he said, you know what you should name it? You should name it squish, because that's the sound it makes when you squish the sweat out or when you squish the moisture out. And I said, yeah, I love it. So I went home and uh, kind of designed the logo and 
dropped the U from the Q because I thought squoosh. I think it just sounds better without the U there. And the Q was really great because it shows a little drop of sweat coming out. Uh-huh. And that's Very how cool. the name came about. Very good. Um, so tell me a little bit about where you can find these things. Sure. These things are available at the Ritz-Carlton on Amelia Island, both in their sundry shop, and they also have it now in the tennis shop. They were trying to gear it a little bit towards tennis and some of the other sports as well. You may wear it on your wrist or um, flip it to where the terry's on the outside of the hand so you get a better grip on the racket or bikes and everything. But it's in those two stores. It's also... And let me just do a plug for current running here on Amelia Island. They were the first ones to take it on, and they have it in their store on their counter. They've basically had it there for the past three years. Always very encouraging. Uh, love that store and love the people there. They give us our first chance, and that was our um, our first spot. And they sell they sell quite a few there. So our our hats are off to current yeah. running here in Fernandina Beach. Also, Soul Pedal. It's a Thin class studio, and these guys work up a sweat. And there's a friend of mine, Alberto, who takes them there, and he has his that he wears. Um, and it's just great at a spin class because if you have a towel and it's dangling from the end of the bike handles when you're doing spin and it falls off, you're out of luck. And if you have your squoosh, it's right there and ready for you. Right. So that's one of the many places. It's also at a little store, online store out in California. Um, Sweat Pink. So if you go online and go to sweat-pink.com, they have it in their store, and it's their Sweat Pink version. It has just their logo on it. They have some cool pink versions of it and a few other places as well. And um, can you buy this on on your website as well? Oh, well, yes. Funny you should mention that. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Our web store. Our web store has really come alive since we've started interacting with, with you, Kevin. Uh, we've noticed a huge bump on the number of people that are looking at our website out of curiosity and the number of purchases. So um, we really are grateful to your fans and followers, and it's just been a big – it works out great for both of us, I think. We're trying oh, to send people your way, and yeah. we're happy to have your folks. Yeah. So um, thank you to all the Galloway followers out there on the podcast. Um, and I've linked your website on on ours, um, but what is mm-hmm. that website in case um, somebody's taking notes out there today? Sure, it's www.squooshbands.com. And once again, it's S-Q-O-O-S-H-Bands.com. Um, no space between those words. Where are you making these things? Well, it, it's it's uh, it comes together through... Seattle Fabrics up in Seattle, Washington, of course. They provide us with the imported Italian moisture-wicking fabric with the bright colors. It stretches four ways, so that gets shipped into our production facility. Sounds pretty glamorous, but she just it's a uh, lady that has an upholstery shop in Swainsboro, Georgia, and she's been kind enough to take this project on for the past three years. And all she's done is draperies and, you know, uh, furniture, furniture upholstery, more or less. But mm-hmm. she took this on three years ago and has done a phenomenal job putting these things together the way I want it. And um, we also get the 3M reflective material in from a gentleman in Marietta. He does. He kind of puts together our logo and comes up with all the different designs as far as sizing and colors and all. 
she does the production in Swainsboro and then ships them out to me. And then when they arrive here at my house, I have a little office space where I apply the logos and do some of the custom work that people may want, may order, be it a 26.2 iron-on logo Mm -hmm. or some of the other versions that we've done as well. Very cool. So I I heard a lot of um, different locations, but they're all right here in the good old USA, huh? Yes, it's manufactured in the U.S. and for for the most part, mostly just sold here in the U.S. Although the first order did just go to uh, United Kingdom the other day. Good for you! Congratulations. Do you have a patent on this guy yet, or have you tried? It is in the it's in the patent pending status right now. It's been a long drawn out process, um, close to the point where we should know one way or the other whether it's patented or not in the next few weeks or so, so we will update you on Facebook and, of course, on our website as well. It'll be so nice to stamp it with patented. Oh, yeah, yeah. That will be very cool. And um, we're talking about Squish Band, but you've got a couple of other little items kind of in the works, Uh, Insta-Ice and Insta-Heat as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what those are? Sure. With the Insta-Ice, the idea is... We're thinking of the marathoners or people that are running, of course, in extreme heat conditions, which I love running in the heat. I know Jeff the other day was talking about running in the cool of the morning in the summertime and all that, but I wait for the heat of the day right around 1 o'clock is my prime time. But the instant, instant ice is designed to insert into the pouch, which every squoosh has a pocket, whether you can put keys or change or whatnot in there. The Insta-Ice would be a accessory in the near future that you can insert into the squoosh so when you're running and you're maybe at your 20-mile mark and you just can't bear it anymore because of the heat, mm-hmm. you crack the ice that's in your squoosh and all of a sudden there's a nice, cool sensation. So when you wipe across the, the brow of your head, you feel this ice coming across that can maybe push you the extra mile and get you through to the finish. I, I like you with the way you threw in that extra mile there, John. <laughs> points for that. Nice one, little plug. <laughs> and obviously, Insta Heat is same thing in reverse, right? Yes, exactly. I tested it out this past winter. We were up in North Carolina, and it was frigid cold. We were up in the mountains, and it's a um, it's one of those little hot packs that you can get out of, at, at Walmart. It almost steps in there just fine, but we're trying to modify it and order some that will actually fit in the squoosh just a little bit better. But this thing, again, it worked like a miracle. You put your, put it, insert it into the squoosh, and whether you put your fingers in the little pouch or not, your hands stay nice and warm. And you know how it is. If your hands are warm, especially your fingertips are warm in a winter run, you really do feel warm all over, so you don't need to bother with gloves. And that's what we're trying to push in the winter. Yeah, that's that's true. I don't. I can't tell you how many times I've told my wife that I come back from a run, and she says, "How was it?" Well, I'd have been fine if if I'd had a pair of gloves on. Or yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, right. The conversation we've had today on squish, John, is is at least at this point buying it has been centered on the individual runners. But um, if there's if there's uh, race organizers out there or companies. Um, you can um, customize these things in some fashion for for different companies or or even races, right? 
Yes, absolutely. The first company to do that, I believe, was Advanced Rehab a couple of years ago here in Northeast Florida. They purchased quite a few. I'm sorry, Trinity Multisports as well. It pictured or purchased quite a few early on. We just applied their logo on it and came up with a color design that they preferred. And um, yes, we've been sending quite a few out over the years. And now we can also offer, in a single color, we can offer the company logo in a reflective uh, version so that it has a really grab-you effect when you look at the squoosh with their with the custom logo on there. Well, very good. I appreciate your time today, John. I wanted to get you on here and talk a little bit about this product because I, I really do think it's one of the coolest products um, for a runner, you you will put this thing on, you'll head out the door, and you'll forget it's even on there until until you start sweating, and, and then you'll be very glad you've, that you've got it. Um, like I said before, if, if you're new to the show or new to our Facebook page, John has been kind enough to give us, geez, I've lost count, John, but let's just say it's, it's, it's buckets of squish bands to give away, mm-hmm. and we've given away quite a few of them um, on our Facebook page, and... Um, so, so if you ha- if you're not following us, get over there and check it out because I've still got some more. We're going to give some. We gave away ten of them last um, last week, and I've got some more here to give away. And check out the the comments of the people who are receiving these things. And and um, but but by all means, the other thing I'll say is don't don't sit around and wait to win one of these things. These things are are amazingly inexpensive. So you know they're what what are they, eight or nine dollars. For a squeeze right. band online. Something yes, like we that. always have sales going on. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, John has a um, Facebook page as well at uh, 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 Squish Band, which is uh, facebook.com slash squish bands. So that one's, that one's pretty easy. Um, got a web page, we mentioned that. I'm going to link to um, to all of his Facebook, and he's got a Twitter page and all that over at, um, over at our web page. So. John, I appreciate your time today, and um, more so, I appreciate your generosity in uh, helping us uh, get some of these products out to some of our runners, and hopefully everyone out there will uh, start talking this stuff up and uh, move this stuff around a little bit. Sure. We're really excited to be on your program. You guys are super. Your followers are fantastic, and I really appreciate how much you have backed and believed and encouraged us in our endeavors on this. Thanks so much, Kevin. No problem, John. We'll be in touch, buddy. And uh, thanks again this afternoon. I appreciate you coming on the show. No trouble. Enjoyed it. Okay. Have a good day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. John? Yeah. Okay. We're done. Thank you very much. Good. I appreciate it. Um, I posted or I, I, um, I uploaded episode two about an hour ago. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, and at the end of that episode... <clears throat> Excuse me. I mentioned the fact that um, that we'll be talking on the next episode. So uh-huh. um, this one will go in the can until episode three, which will be out in about three weeks, something like that. Okay. So, um, hopefully, um, and and I linked it to the page again or to the show notes for uh, episode number two as well. So uh-huh. that's it. That's all I got. I appreciate your time, bud. Well, awesome. Thanks, Kevin. I hope I did okay. You did great. Um, but you do fantastic with the shows. And what I usually do is I'll sit here and 
I don't have a device that I usually run with, so uh-huh. as I'm pumping out squishes, I'll be listening to your program right here in the house. <laughs> and you, it's, um, it's fun to listen to. Do you do that on purpose? You don't. You're just not one of the guys that a person likes to run with an iPod in his ear or anything like that. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's not only necessarily my dad, who's been a runner for years. He's run every river run here except for one, um, and he's like 73. He he doesn't. He just shoots it down. He hates the fact that people run with that kind of stuff. And right. I kind of agree with him as far as the safety thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do too. I. I know you can keep it down to a volume that you like, but even the few times I have run, I don't like the earpieces kind of moving around and popping right. out while you're trying to run. Right, right. Well, unfortunately, I've gotten hooked on mine as well and listening to podcasts as I go. And But but I do keep it low, and I don't run in the street at all, so I don't have any cars yeah. that I have to worry about. But I, I know exactly what you're saying. I don't I know how you run that heat down there, though. I absolutely I just, don't. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just love it. Good for but, you. Yeah. Well, you're in the right part of the country then. I am. All right. I'll let you go. I appreciate your time again. All right, Kevin. Thank you again so much. All righty. Take care, bud. All righty. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, there you go. Episode three of the Galloway Extra Mile podcast, half marathon edition. Good stuff, huh? I'd like to thank, uh, as always, Jeff, Chris, our three guinea pigs, and also John this morning for letting us, for joining us this morning for this episode. Hope you got something out of our discussions today. Um, Episode four, which you should expect in about three weeks will include weeks 7, 8, and 9 of the Half Marathon training program. We are moving along at a great clip here, aren't we? Episode 4 already, considering we're only putting together somewhere between 8 to 10 episodes of this deal, so we're getting getting close to the halfway mark. Um, I would remind you that we have a comment line, and we welcome your comments, questions, concerns anything over at that comment line be happy to ask Jeff anything you've got on your mind or bring up any idea for discussion on the podcast Um, check out the uh, show notes all the links that we spoke about today with Jeff over at our website at www.thegallowayextramile.com where you can also find our Facebook page Twitter page And our email, comment line, just about everything you need to stay in touch and become a part of the community. So that's it until episode four. And until then, y'all enjoy your extra mile. Joining us on the Extra Mile Podcast Galloway Edition. 
please visit our website at www.thegallowayextramile.com to see the show notes for this episode of the podcast. You can email us with your feedback about the show at thegallowayextramile at gmail.com. If you would like to send us your audio comments about the show or have questions about Run, Walk, Run, please send an audio file to thegallowayextramile at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much for downloading the show and we look forward to joining you again soon on the next edition of the Extra Mile podcast, Galloway Edition. Oh, that's all we need. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs>